0: Welcome to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. We're all new for 2023 and featuring a wide mix of variety shows from the golden age of radio to include comedy, music, drama, cop shows, and much more. For those of you who want nonstop stop crime buster and detective shows, you can now add 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to your podcast library. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. Brand new for 2023 and growing fast. Meanwhile, 1001 Radio Days will be bringing back some memories along with some great entertainment every Wednesday and Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And now, our show.
1: Mother, why did Daddy switch to Postum? Your father says there's no caffeine in Postum. Nothing to spoil your sleep. And your father
2: knows best. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons. Brought to you by Instant Postum, the good-tasting drink that's entirely caffeine-free... And by Post's 40% Bran Flakes, America's largest-selling Bran Flakes. <laughs> Oliver Wendell Holmes once described home as a place that our feet may leave, but not our hearts. And for once in the white frame house on Maple Street, none of the feet are leaving and all of the hearts are there. Margaret is absorbed in reading, Kathy is spread-eagled on the floor with her comic books, Betty is studying a fashion magazine, and Bud is busily munching an apple and a banana, both at the same time. Jim is contemplating his son with wonder, like this. Bud? Yes, Dad? How do you do it? Do what? You just got up from a big dinner. Meat, potatoes, vegetables, and a big piece of pie.
3: He had two pieces, not counting the one he ate in the kitchen. Oh, so that's where the rest of the pie went.
2: Isn't that where the rest of any food goes around here? Margaret, is he normal? That's good, dear. Well, now, there's a real intelligent answer. (laughs) Yes, dear. Kitten, would you mind peering over your mother's shoulder and see what she's reading?
4: She's reading a magazine.
2: I know that. Margaret, what are you reading that's so fascinating? Of course, dear. Well,
5: that clears up everything.
3: (laughs) If you really want to know, Father, she's doing some research on happy marriages.
5: What's she eating that junk for?
3: You wouldn't
1: understand, dopey. Dear, may I borrow your pencil?
5: Oh, so you are
2: here.
1: Hmm? Here? Well, of course. What's the matter?
2: Margaret, we've been talking about you. Weren't you listening?
1: No. Should I have been? Mommy, aren't you happy married to Daddy? Why, Angel, where did you ever get such an idea?
3: Well...
2: Honey, what's this sudden interest in matrimonial problems?
1: Mother is just looking
3: up the reasons why some marriages are happy and others aren't. Some women have a spiritual contentment, an inner radiance. You can see they're not only happy outside, but happy inside.
5: I'm hungry. But... (laughs) Well, I'm not
2: happy inside.
3: You're not a woman either.
2: Thank goodness for small favors. (laughs) Margaret, just what is this research you're doing on happy marriages?
1: Oh, it's such fun, Jim. I don't know when I've enjoyed anything as much. I've been reading a survey on complaints of wives.
2: Complaints? What kind of complaints do these lovely ladies make, Margaret?
1: Well, listen to this. Very few women complain about the big things. It's the small, irritating habits of their husbands that annoy them most. (laughs) Like not shaving on weekends. Seventy-five percent of wives object to their husbands' beards.
2: You find that amusing?
1: (laughs) Of course. I know just how they feel.
2: It strikes me that if the only complaint a woman has is her husband's refusal (laughs) to shave on weekends, she's a very lucky woman.
1: You're right, dear. I only meant...
3: Why don't you shave on weekends, Father?
5: Me? How did I get in on this? What's wrong with shaving? I think it would be fun.
3: Ralph's father always
1: shaves every single day, and he looks simply marvelous. Just the same, I imagine it is a nuisance to shave every single day. And I don't blame your father for getting careless now and then.
2: Yes, I... Careless? Me?
3: Well, aren't you? When I get married, I'll expect my husband to shave every single morning and twice on Sundays.
2: Fine, Betty. We'll keep your room ready so you can come back home and live with (laughs) us.
3: Why? If a man cares enough, he'll try to keep
1: attractive for his wife.
2: I believe your mother finds me attractive.
1: Of course I do. Your father doesn't look that bad with a beard.
2: Well, thank you. I think.
3: I don't see why you're all picking on
4: Daddy. I heard Mr. Johnson say he'd like to wear old dirty slacks around the yard like Daddy
1: does because he looks so comfortable.
2: What?
1: So there.
2: So where? I'm not sure I like your defense, kitten.
1: It seems to me we're making a big fuss over a very little thing. But, Mother, you said it's the little things that irritate women. Well, yes, but let's be reasonable. (laughs) You know, there are a lot of amusing things in this article. Why don't you read it, Jim? Read it out loud, Daddy. This is fun.
6: Isn't
2: it? Ha-ha. Well, let's see what else it has to say. I quote. Another complaint of the majority of women is the fact that men forget romance once they're married. Now and then, they'd like to have their husband bring home some flowers. Oh, for heaven's sake, Margaret, do you really enjoy this sort of thing?
1: Daddy, why don't you bring flowers home to Mommy ever? Oh, dear, this is getting out of hand. Let's change the subject.
2: On the contrary, I'm beginning to understand (laughs) your fascination for it.
5: I'll get it. It's probably for me. I'm going out and get something to eat.
3: Mother, did you see how red Father was getting?
1: (laughs) I guess we were kind of mean. It was fun teasing him a little. Are you almost through with your speech, Mother? Not quite, dear. I still have to make more notes on it. But I find I can get most of my information from this book. See? Careers for Married Women. I wonder why the Professional Women's Club chose you to make a speech on careers for housewives. You're not a businesswoman. They just want the housewife's point of view. You see, it will be sort of a debate... Mrs. Stuyvesant's is going to speak for careers for married women, and I'm to speak against it. I think I'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I wonder how Father would feel if you ever decided to go to work. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to stand it, I know.
3: Margaret, have you seen my appointment book?
1: It's upstairs, dear. I'll get
3: it. I wonder if Daddy was really getting worried. Well, let him worry. It's good for a man sometimes.
2: Never mind the appointment book, honey. I don't...
3: She's upstairs looking for it, Father.
5: Nothing to eat in
2: the whole darn house. (laughs) You know, we never did find out why your mother's doing this research on happy marriages. Maybe she's trying to make you happier. (laughs) She couldn't.
4: Mommy's been working on that for a week, Daddy. She made a lot of notes out of this book.
2: What book? Let me see that. Careers for married women. Careers.
5: Gosh, you don't think Mom wants to work, do you, Dad?
2: Oh, don't be foolish, son. She's probably reading it because, well, because well, just for her own amusement. You think it's funny? Well, you know how it is. Women sometimes have a strange sense of humor. Let's read some of this and see. Uh, let's see a bit. Would you like to be a consultant, a counselor? A personnel manager. Married women are particularly suited for these positions because of their knowledge of people. You got to be married to know people?
3: Look at this one, Daddy. Would you like to be a
4: model mother?
2: There, you see. If there's one ambition your mother has, it's to be a model mother. You mean she wants to pose for fashion magazines? Who, your mother? (laughs) Let me look at that again, Kathy. (laughs) If you look gracious and wear clothes well, there is a demand for your type in the fashion world. Holy cow. Mom wears clothes real good. Yes, doesn't she? Uh, Margaret? Margaret?
1: What is it, dear? Uh,
5: What's all this about your becoming a fashion model?
1: A fashion model? What on earth? Gosh, Mom,
5: you're not going to get your picture in those fancy magazines, are you?
1: Why, I wouldn't think of. You wouldn't go to work and leave us, would you, Mommy?
4: Besides, you can't be a model. You're too old. Too
2: old. Now, just a minute, kitten. Your mother and I may be older than you are, but we don't go back that many generations.
3: I uh, I didn't mean you were real old. I only meant you... You...
2: Yes, go on.
4: Well, golly, I think Mommy's beautiful. But isn't she too big to be a model? (laughs) Big?
5: She doesn't mean big. Well, what does she mean? Oh, round, maybe.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Round?
3: Oh, dear, they're such children. So inept at explaining things. What they mean, Mother, is that you're too mature to be a model. That's all. Now,
2: just a minute. I resent all this. For your information, your mother is just about one of the best-looking women in our crowd. In the whole neighborhood, in fact.
1: Well, thank you, dear. I was beginning to feel a little ancient.
2: Me too. <laughs> and when they make better-looking women than your mother, I want to know about it.
5: What for?
1: <laughs> you aren't going to be a model, are you, Mommy? Mommy? Angel, I don't know where you get that. She ca-
2: certainly isn't,
1: Jim. I had no intention. A woman belongs
2: in her home. It's her job to take care of her family and do it well.
1: Oh, I think I do that, Jim.
2: And you'll go right on doing
1: it. Well, is that an order?
2: My wife will never go to work <laughs> if I have anything to say about it.
1: Well, really, Jim, I've never gone against your wishes, but when you begin to think of me as. Something as unromantic as a kitchen stove, and it's time I did something about it. You mean you're going to go to work? Oh, Mother, you know you're not going to. You told me you were going to make a speech against... It's a woman's privilege to change her mind, and I intend to exercise my privilege.
2: Margaret, I forbid it.
1: You what?
2: I mean... Now, honey, be reasonable. You really are too old to be a model, you
6: know.
1: (gasps) That does it. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to look into the possibilities of becoming a fashion model.
5: Oh, no. Now, look what you did, Dad.
1: And if it's the last thing I do, Jim Anderson, I'll make you eat those words.
5: Eat? That reminds me. (laughs) I'm not happy inside. Neither am I, Bud. Neither am I.
6: Poor
2: Bud, poor Jim. They're not happy inside. Maybe they both need a little inside advice, like the kind Ed Prentice has for all of us right now. Ever find yourself cross and nervous, flying off the handle easily? It often happens when you don't get a good night's sleep, doesn't it? Well, you're not sleeping at night may come from the caffeine and coffee and tea. In that case, drinking postum is the answer for you. Because Instant Postum doesn't have a single bit of caffeine in it. Absolutely none. Nothing to give you coffee nerves or ruin your sleep. Now, that's important because caffeine is a drug, a nerve stimulant that may leave you too nervous and upset to sleep properly. Of course, lots of people can take coffee and tea without being bothered. But lots of others can't. So if you're one who can't, Switch to caffeine-free Postum now. Then see whether you aren't sleeping better, feeling and looking better, too. And say, why don't you give the kids Postum? They can drink it as often as they want. Nothing in Postum to harm them. And it's mighty good tasting. Perfect for the whole family. Try a jar of instant Postum tomorrow.
5: Life in the Anderson family has become a thing of beauty, but not a joy forever. Margaret has become a thing of
2: beauty, but the thing that is not a joy is Jim Anderson, who is convinced that Margaret is seeking a career as a fashion model and now doesn't know how to stop her. After some heavy thinking, Jim decides that maybe life in the white frame house on Maple Street has become a little dull for Margaret. So he decides to romance her, like this. Margaret! Margaret! I'm home.
1: I'll be down in a few minutes, dear.
2: Take your time, honey. Take your time. <laughs> Buddy. No, 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 no. Bud. Kathy. Princess, where are you all?
4: Here in the kitchen, Daddy. Come on in.
5: Oh, hi, Dad.
3: Hello, Father. Sit down if you can find a clear place. <laughs>
2: Well, that's about the most enthusiastic greeting I've had in years. Why all the long, long faces?
3: Well, Mother's so changed since she's gone in for that modeling career that we hardly know her.
2: (laughs) Well, don't all be so gloomy. I'm sure I can change all that.
4: You can, Daddy? Oh, I knew you'd think of something.
2: You just leave things to your father. I understand your mother thoroughly. Wait till you see what I brought her tonight. Two dozen gorgeous red roses. Holy cow, you can't eat roses.
3: <laughs>
2: Son, you're missing the point entirely.
3: What is the point, Father?
2: Well, your mother was finding things a little dull, so she probably yearns for romance, excitement. Sort of like the old days before you children were born.
4: Gee, do you remember that far back, Daddy? <laughs>
2: Well, it's a strain, but I manage it. (laughs) Don't you see? If I start bringing roses to your mother and, oh, sort of showing her special attentions, she'll melt like a honey cake in the sun. How could she possibly prefer a business career to my attentions? You really want to know? No, I don't.
3: (laughs) Don't be such a drip, Bud. Father, I think that's a super idea. Every woman wants to be swept off her feet by a handsome escort, to be lifted to the skies by whispered sweet nothings.
2: Well, anyway, I'm quite certain your mother will respond when I start showing her some of my old charm. She'll forget all about this career nonsense.
1: Shh, everybody. Here she comes. Hello, dear children. Sorry to have kept you waiting so long. Well,
2: honey, you've always looked well in gold, but I never knew it could make you look so radiant.
5: Holy cow
3: Mother, that's an utterly
1: dreamy outfit Wherever did you find it? Oh, It's just an old dress I had But I took off all the trimmings, altered it here and there And (laughs) changed the neckline
2: Didn't you, though?
1: (laughs) Gee, Mommy, you look like Ava Gardner Don't you think so, Daddy?
2: She always has been beautiful to me
1: Why, dear, what a lovely thing to say
2: And speaking of lovely things, may I present you with roses, madame? For the most beautiful rose
3: of all. Oh, Jim, dear. Golly, to think my own mother and father could be so thrillingly exotic. It's just too dreamy for words.
2: Well, Bud, you're the only one who hasn't commented on your mother's loveliness. I'm hungry. (laughs)
1: Leave it to Bud to bring us down to earth.
2: Well, shall we all go in to dinner and feed the inner man? Now you're making sense.
1: Uh, Dinner is just about ready, dear, and Betty knows how to go about the finishing touches.
2: Betty? Mm. Aren't you going to eat with us? Oh, but of course, I see. It's high time the children took over some of your chores and lightened your load a little. I heartily approve.
1: That's good, dear. Then I'll be running along now. I'm a little late.
2: Late? For what?
1: It doesn't matter. It was worth it to hear all the nice things you said.
2: Margaret, what is this? Aren't you going to have dinner with us?
1: Why, no, dear. Didn't I tell you? Oh, I'm so absent-minded these days. No, I won't be having dinner here tonight.
2: But my roses...
1: Uh, I'm terribly sorry. I'd cancel this appointment if I could. But you see, I have to make a speech tonight. Speech? You? Yes. I speak English quite well. (laughs) I'm going to address the Professional Women's Club on Careers for Married Women. Oh, is that where you're going? Yes, dear. I told you about it two weeks ago, remember? Yes, but you said your speech would be against... Uh, Don't forget to put the potatoes on, Betty. Mother,
3: could I speak to you privately for a minute?
2: Why all the secrecy?
3: You wouldn't
1: understand. This is between us women. What
2: women? I'm beginning to feel like a sorority sister.
1: (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Kathy, be a good girl now. Goodbye, bud. Dad,
5: are you sure you understand, Mom? I'm not sure of
2: anything right now.
1: Goodbye, dear. I won't be long, and I'll tell you all about it when I get back.
2: Well, thank you very much. But don't ask me why.
3: Mother, you're a big faker. Why, Betty? You're still going to make that speech against careers for married women, aren't you?
1: (laughs) Of course I am.
3: And you're just letting Father think you're in favor of married women working to teach him a lesson because he got so completely stuffy about a woman's place in the home, aren't you?
1: You're growing up fast, dear.
3: <laughs> Mother, you're simply devastating, and I love you lots.
1: Thank you, dear. Goodbye now. See you soon. Goodbye. You career woman, you.
5: She said
2: she wouldn't be gone long, and here it is, two and a half hours. Why, for all we know, she may be wandering around somewhere with amnesia.
3: Who's he? <laughs> oh, Father, how corn-fed can you be?
2: Well, I don't care. just isn't like your mother to be late. It just isn't like her. What is like her these days?
3: What Mother's doing is admirable. Admirable?
2: I don't quite go along with her walking out and leaving us and making a speech to get other married women to have a career.
3: She didn't leave you, and she isn't telling them to go to work. She's against it. The... Oh. Oh, dear.
2: What was that, Princess?
3: Nothing. Nothing at all. I didn't say anything, Father.
5: You sure said a lot for somebody who didn't say anything.
3: (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, I'm sure.
5: Princess.
3: Oh, golly, Father. You might as well know.
2: Yes, especially since I'm going to find out anyway.
3: Mother wanted to teach you a lesson. You deserved it, too, the way you talked to her. So She didn't let you know her research work was for a speech against careers for married women What? You mean your mother would pull a trick like that on me? It's your own fault She tried to explain that every time she opened her mouth, you put your foot in it
2: Oh, brother Me and my big fat foot
3: (laughs) You mean mommy isn't going to look for a job after all? She never intended to But if any of you let her know that I told you, I'll positively destroy you. Aw, turn blue.
2: (laughs) Wait a minute, kids. I've got an idea. I'm glad somebody has. I'm lost. (laughs) Let's be reasonable about this. In a way, your mother is right. We never did give her a chance to explain. And, well, we have sort of been taking her for granted.
4: You mean we haven't been treating her right?
2: Oh, we've been just like any other average family. Sort of forgetting all the good things she does for us and not doing anything for her. Gee, Dad, have we been like that? In a way, I guess we
3: have. What do you think we ought to do, Father?
2: Let's go along with her little act. Let her think we believe she's going to work. When she gets home, let's all be just as unhappy as we were before we knew this. And you leave the rest to me.
4: Oh, gee, this is going to be keen. I always wanted to act. Can I cry, Daddy?
2: Well, maybe a little. Ah! On second thought, why don't you just forget it, kitten? Now, are we all set? Any questions? When do we eat? <laughs> Tomorrow morning at breakfast. Quiet, everyone. Here she is now. Remember, look miserable.
5: That won't be hard. I'm not happy
2: <laughs> inside. I know. <laughs> but try to bear up like a man.
1: Hello? Jim? Children? There you are, hello, everybody. Oh, I've had such a very enjoyable evening, and you know, I almost think I was successful. it um was a simply wonderful evening. Well, it was up to now.
6: Ah! Oh, Mommy, it wasn't
1: any fun at all without you here. Ah! Uh,
5: take it easy, kitten.
1: Why, angel, did you miss me that much?
5: Betty doesn't cook as many potatoes as you do.
1: Now, Bud, I'm sure Betty gave you a fine meal. She's an excellent cook. We ran out of everything.
5: After the third helping.
1: I
2: think you'll survive, Bud. We had a pleasant evening, Margaret. Quiet, but pleasant.
1: Oh, I'm so glad.
2: Of course, it was terribly lonely. But then we had a long talk, the children and I... And we've decided that you're right.
5: You have?
2: Yes, Margaret. We realize now how much this means to you, and even though we'll suffer horribly, we'll sit back, uncomplaining, and watch you startle the world with your charm and brilliance.
1: Oh, dear. Jim, children, I have a confession.
2: If there are any confessions, we'll make them. We realize now, Margaret, we've been mistreating you.
1: Mistreating me?
2: We've been hiding your light under a bushel. Dad. Even though it means the destruction of the great harmony in our family, we'll stand by, Margaret, and see you through. Dad. We wouldn't think of letting our love become a burden on you.
5: Dad. What is it, son? Let's not get sickening about it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Gee, I thought he was doing swell. Go on, Daddy. It's better than a movie.
2: Please, children, you must realize the gravity of this situation. I know you love your mother, and it goes without saying that I am devoted to her. But she is entitled to a life of her own, no matter how much it hurts us.
1: But, dear, you know I wouldn't think of spoiling our family life.
2: Well, not intentionally, of
6: course.
1: Not anyway. Listen to me, all of you. I never, never intend to have a business career. I just pretended I was because, well... You goaded me into it, that's why.
2: But, Margaret, how can you say that when you made a speech tonight favoring careers for married women?
1: Mrs. Stuyvesant favored careers. I said that a married woman should avoid a career if possible. To me, there is no finer job than taking care of my family and my home.
2: Margaret, you really mean that?
1: With all my heart.
2: Did you hear that,
5: Princess? Kitten?
2: Bud? Your mother wasn't your mother for a while, but now your mother is your mother again.
5: Come again.
4: (laughs)
1: Welcome home, Mommy. Angel, I never left you.
7: Like that little melody? It's a good tune to remember when you're shopping this weekend because it reminds you that new Post 40% brand flakes are good and so good for you. Yes, they're good because something wonderful has happened to brand. You see, new Post 40% brand flakes now have a delicious magic oven flavor, a new crisp texture that many people prefer to any other cereal. And new Post 40% brand flakes are good for you because they contain the important keep-regular benefits that brand is known for. So tomorrow, buy new post-40% brand flakes, America's largest-selling brand flakes. I think you'll agree, they're good and good for you.
2: Well, peace and serenity reign again in the white frame house on Maple Street. It's late now. And in the upstairs hall, Betty is saying...
3: Mother, I've been trying to get a chance to talk to you all evening. Whatever for, dear? Well, I think it's only fair to tell you. Father found out about your speech before you came home, and he was just putting on an act. Oh, Betty, you
1: didn't tell him.
3: I didn't mean to. It just slipped out.
1: (laughs) I thought he was a little on the dramatic side. All right, don't worry about it. I uh, think I'll go in and have a slight talk with your father. Good night, dear. Good night, Mother. Asleep, Jim?
2: Uh, Not quite.
1: I just wanted to say, you were wonderfully understanding about this whole thing.
2: Oh, it's nothing. But I must say, you certainly did a fine job of acting. And me fooled completely.
1: You know, I was wondering about that. Just think, Jim. A career as an actress. I wonder if I shouldn't go in for dramatics. Oh no. Well, uh, why don't we discuss it thoroughly tomorrow? Good night, dear.
2: Um, uh, Margaret. Yes, dear. I don't think I'm happy inside. <laughs> Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson. Until then, good night and good luck from the makers of Post 40% Brand Flakes, America's largest selling brand flakes. And Instant Postum, the drink that's entirely caffeine-free. In our cast were Gene Vanderpile as Margaret, Rhoda Williams, Ted Donaldson, and Norma Jean Nelson. It comes in a red, white, and blue box. What is it? Hot! Hot Post Wheat Meal. It has the picture of Roy Rogers on the package. What is it? Hot Post Wheat Meal. It's packed full of whole wheat nourishment. What is it? Hot Post Wheat Meal. It has a rich, delicious nut like flavor. What is it? Hot Post Wheat Meal. Cooks in just three minutes. Another member of the famous Post family. What is it? Hot Post Wheat Meal. It's the best hot cereal you ever ate. Hot Post Wheat Meal. (laughs) Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Paul West and Dina Fields. This is Bill Foreman speaking. Tonight, hear Counter Spy on NBC.
1: Mother, why did Daddy switch to Postum? Your father says there's no caffeine in Postum. Nothing to spoil your sleep. And your father knows best.
2: Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons, Brought to you by Instant Postum, the good-tasting drink that's entirely caffeine-free, and by Post's 40% Brand Flakes, America's largest-selling brand flakes. There's something about cogwheels, levers, gears, and springs that holds a certain fascination for the male species. The feminine faction, however, is not so enraptured, especially when the aforementioned cogwheels, levers, gears, and springs are spread all over the dining room table. And that's the way it is with the Andersons as we check in on a Saturday morning at the White Frame House on Maple Street. Like this.
1: Jim, you have a perfectly good workbench out in the garage. Why don't you repair the clock out there?
2: Margaret, I'll be through here in just a minute.
1: You've been saying that for the last two hours. But
2: I can use your help here. Okay. Now hand me those tools as I need them. Uh, screwdriver. Okay, here you are. Now, pliers, tweezers, forceps, scalpel. All
5: right, bud, cut it out. This is nerve-wracking work. Oh, gosh, Dad, this whole thing sounds like an operation.
1: Yes, and I'm afraid the patient isn't going to make it. Jim, those old clocks require a special skill. When Mother and Dad had the clock, they always took it to... Margaret,
2: please, I've just about got it licked.
3: Say, Mommy! Gosh, what's all this junk on the table?
4: Shh, Kathy,
1: there's a genius
4: at work.
2: Now, see the spring here, Bud? All I have to do is coil it up good and tight, like this. Now, as I hold the spring with the pliers, I want you, Bud, to open the little door in back of the clock. Okay, there you are. That's it. Now, I gently slip the coiled spring inside... Like this, easy, easy. No,
5: <laughs> that's what I call making time fly.
2: Very funny. Now help me pick up the parts.
1: Jim, Mr. Timkins, the jeweler, specializes in clocks like this. Why don't you run down Margaret, there? Margaret, you and...
2: mind? I'll fix the clock.
1: Yes, dear. Dad, since you're having such a tough
5: time with the spring, why don't you put that in first and work around it?
2: Well, yes, I guess I could do that.
5: Where is the spring? The last time I saw it, it was flying over the bookcase and heading south.
3: (laughs) Here it is, Daddy.
5: Oh, bring it here, kitten. Thank you. Now, the
2: important thing is to get the spring coiled good and tight. There we are. Now, Bud, open the back of the clock again. Okay. All right. Now, this is more like it. Now, I set the spring in like this. Uh, Just a little more. A little
3: more. Mother, guess what? Oh!
5: (laughs) Betty, do you have to bust into the house like that? What's
3: wrong, Father?
5: Now, where did that spring go? It set a new record, Dad. It landed on the (laughs) mantel.
3: Oh, it was delirious. All of us girls went down to the train and met Ronnie.
2: Ronnie? Ronnie who?
3: Ronnie Kelso, the singer. He's only the rage of the whole country. Father, don't you keep up on anything?
2: Not the important things.
5: You mean the goon, the croons?
3: Quiet, Junior. And, Mother, while we were down at the depot, Ronnie's publicity man came over and said that Ronnie wanted to invite one of us girls to have lunch with him. And because I have a bigger collection of Ronnie's records than the rest of the girls, they chose me. Isn't that dreamy? I'd say you were very fortunate. Am I? Father, did you hear what I said?
2: Yes, I heard what you said. Kathy, hand me the screwdriver.
3: (laughs) But, Father, don't you understand? Your daughter is having lunch with the most popular singer in the country.
2: Am I to assume that this is the same fellow whose records you play all the time up in your room?
3: That's right.
2: I question his popularity.
3: Now you're taking an old, fogey attitude. What? If you were 16 or 17, his voice would do something to you.
2: It has done something to me, and I don't like it.
3: No one in this world but no one sings like Ronnie Kelso. There's something about him. The way he sighs when he croons.
5: Yeah, he sounds like a slow leak in a tire.
3: <laughs> Mother, can't you do something
1: about that son of yours? But that's enough.
5: You should hear him. He pants like a St. Bernard when he sings. <laughs> I love you.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Brother.
3: Oh, how awful.
5: You aren't kidding. Where's that cogwheel that was here?
3: Here it is, Daddy. Oh, thanks. Oh, it's probably for me. Hello? Oh, hi, Ralph. No, I'm sorry, Ralph. I won't be able to see you this afternoon. I have a very important engagement with... Well, with someone. No, it's not him. It's Ronnie Kelso. Well, it is. I'm meeting him in front of the Olympic Hotel at 1 o'clock, and he's taking me to lunch, so there. Now, Ralph, don't be like that. The only reason I was attracted to Ronnie is because he reminds me of you. The same mannerism, the same kind of personality, and you look quite a bit alike.
2: If I was Ralph, I'd see my lawyer.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Certainly I remember, Ralph. We have a roller skating date for this evening. See you then. Goodbye. Mother, can I wear your pearl lapel pin? Well... Oh, please, Mother, I must look my best for Ronnie.
1: I guess so. Have you something to go with it? Let's see. Oh, I know. I'll call Janie. Now, don't start borrowing a lot of things. Oh, she'll be utterly
3: thrilled to have her bracelet meet Ronnie. (laughs) Hello, Janie? Betty. I'm sorry, Janie, that the rest of you kids can't go today, but... What? Oh, yes, I know. I can't believe it myself. There, I'll be eating lunch, and across the table looking at me with those soulful eyes will be Ronnie.
5: What a way to get indigestion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bud.
3: Oh, Janie, Mother's letting me wear her pearl lapel pin, and I was wondering if I could borrow that new bracelet of yours. Oh, thanks a lot. Ruth's letting me wear that cute blouse of hers, and Doris is letting me have her black velvet purse.
2: Margaret. Yes, Jim. Doesn't that daughter of ours wear anything that belongs to her?
1: Jim, yes, all sure. the girls do this.
2: But it sounds like she's being clothed uh-huh. through the courtesy of the community.
3: Well, Agnes offered me your plaid skirt.
2: If she lost her friends, she'd freeze to death.
3: All right, Janie. And don't worry, I'll let you know about everything that goes on. Goodbye. Well, I better get upstairs and start to get ready. Yes, you haven't got much time. Mother? Yes, dear? Where are those bobby pins you bought the other day? They're on my dresser. Thanks.
2: Well, I'm glad to hear that we're contributing something to this momentum. <laughs> now, with all the excitement having subsided, maybe I can get this clock in order. Kathy, give me that little round disc you have in your hand. This? Yes, give it to me.
3: But, Daddy... Would you
2: please hand it over?
3: Okay. Thank
2: you. I'm having enough trouble without you holding out parts on me. Let's see. It should go right here. No. Maybe it slips over this little bar. No. That's funny. This disc doesn't seem to fit any place.
3: Maybe it's because it's a wheel off my toy airplane.
1: Oh, <laughs> Daddy, I tried to tell you, but Jim, you... why don't you take the clock down to Mr. Timkins?
3: Mother. Yes, Betty. What happened to this picture of Ronnie
1: I have hanging on my wall? Something wrong? It's ruined, completely ruined. Bud, do you know anything about it?
5: Me? I never go into her stale room.
1: <laughs> Kathy? Yes, Mother? Do you know anything about Ronnie's picture? Well. Come on.
3: Well, Patty Davis and I
1: were playing darts, and we needed
3: a target. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen,
1: you didn't.
3: Ronnie's turned-up nose made a peachy bullseye.
1: Jim, I wonder what's keeping Betty.
2: Don't worry. She'll be home as soon as she gets fed up with lover boy Kelso. Shouldn't take long. Margaret, can I borrow your nail file?
1: My nail file? I think you'll find it in the... Jim, you aren't back to fooling with that clock again. I thought you gave that up hours ago.
2: I did, but as I was getting ready to take it down to the jewelers, I happened to notice something. See this notch on this lever here? Yeah. Well, that's where the spring is supposed to be anchored, and it'll keep it from flying out. Uh Uh-huh. Margaret, you seem to doubt me.
1: No, but I wouldn't start repairing it until I put on Bud's catcher's mask.
2: you are getting worse than the kids. Look, I've got the spring all coiled up, and I just set it in place... Like that See there? Perfect
1: Stand back, Jim
2: That was merely the spring settling in place Believe me, Margaret, I've solved it All the parts are in order Proud of me?
1: I'm proud of you, dear
2: And I could never have done it without your helpful words of discouragement
1: Oh, Oh, Jim, I'm not that bad Ah, here comes our illustrious daughter now
2: How did you make out, Betty?
3: Please, Father, it's not Betty From now on, it's Beth Beth? That's what Ronnie calls me
2: Oh, so that's it
3: As Ronnie said, a girl of my sophistication and cosmopolitan qualities Should only be known as Beth Betty is far too pedestrian <laughs> Uh, how was the lunch, dear? I wouldn't know, Mother I couldn't eat
2: don't tell me he was that bad.
3: In Ronnie's presence, material things seem so unimportant. I'd say you were slightly taken by the gentleman. Mother, I want you and Father to be the first to know. From now on, it's Ronnie and I. Oh, now, Betty. I know. You'll say I've gone off the deep end.
2: You've not only gone off the deep end, you've landed on your head. <laughs>
3: Go ahead, Father. Make fun.
2: In the first place, he's too old for you.
3: He's not
1: old. He's just more mature. And a little prematurely gray. But, Betty, this is only the first time you've met him. And it was just a luncheon date. Yes, but before the lunch was over, Ronnie was holding my hand.
2: I hope he let go long enough to pick up the check.
3: (laughs) Jim, please. And while he was holding my hand, the photographer took our picture for the whole world to see.
2: Probably some publicity stunt.
3: Publicity stunt. Father, you and your crass commercialism. That picture was taken to record the cherished moment when the paths of two lonely people entwined.
2: Margaret, is this our daughter?
3: Be patient, Jim. Be patient, she says. That's right, Mother. Treat me like a child. Betty, you've got to be kidding. Father, one doesn't kid about such things. I'll get it. Hello, Beth speaking. Oh, hello, Ralph. What? No, I'm sorry, Ralph. I'll have to call off our date for tonight.
2: Now, just a minute, young lady.
3: No, Ralph, I mustn't see you tonight or ever. It wouldn't be fair to Ronnie.
2: Betty, give me that phone.
3: Yes, I know we were supposed to go roller skating. And the very thought of it depresses me. It's so juvenile, so immature. Betty! If you'd like to drop by later, I'll explain everything. Goodbye.
2: Betty, this silly business has gone far enough. Ralph is a bird brain, but you did make a date with him for tonight, and you're going to keep it.
3: I can't, Father. I mustn't. You get
2: on that phone and call Ralph back. I won't. Don't you stamp your foot at me, young lady. Now, you call Ralph right this minute.
3: I won't. I won't. I won't.
6: (laughs) Oh,
2: fine. Now, Bet, you can get a sack and help me gather up the clock. (laughs) Looks like Jim's clock was really fixed this time But speaking of clocks, how about time out for Ed Prentice? He has some mighty good advice for you Especially if you haven't been in tick-tock condition lately Ed? Say friend, how have you been feeling these days? Have you been sort of jittery? On edge? Well, it could be the caffeine in your coffee or tea that's been bothering you, stealing your sleep and making you nervous. I know because caffeine bothered me plenty until I switched to Postum. Good old instant Postum. Why don't you make the switch yourself? Believe you me, Postum really works. It ought to. It's absolutely caffeine-free, contains no caffeine, none whatsoever. So you see, instant Postum, is a good hot drink you can enjoy anytime without risking coffee nerves, without losing your sleep. Now, of course, caffeine doesn't bother everybody. Lots of folks can handle it okay. But if it troubles you, just make that simple, easy switch to Postum. Try Postum for 30 days. Why not? See if you're not sleeping better, looking and feeling better, too. Thanks to Instant Postum. Oh, and say, the kids will like Postum, too. And, of course, you can give them Postum often because there's nothing in Postum to harm them. Yes, sir, Postum's the drink for the whole family. Get a jar tomorrow. writers, romanticists in general from the beginning of time have asked the question, what is this thing called love? Up to now, no satisfactory answer has been recorded. However, Betty Anderson, alias Bet Anderson, after a two-hour luncheon date with Ronnie Kelso, the popular singer, feels she has experienced the real thing. Jim feels that it's merely a question of Ronnie-itis and should disappear about 7 o'clock this evening. As for Bud and Kathy, they just stand around the kitchen and... Ask questions, like this.
5: Mom, what's wrong with Betty?
1: Nothing, Bud, nothing at all.
5: But there's got to be something wrong.
1: She looks like a dying calf. (laughs) Well, if you must know, she thinks she's in love with Ronnie Kelso. Oh, no, not that. It's nothing but a crush.
5: A crush? She looks like she's been pulverized.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Never mind, Bud, let's just drop it.
3: Well, I go through that when I'm Betty's age, Mommy.
1: I imagine you will, dear. I sure hope not. That's not so bad. But by the look on her face, it must be awful painful. (laughs) Someday, love will come to you, Kathy, and when it does, you'll know it. It'll be the most beautiful thing that has ever happened to you. You'll meet a man whom you'll think is the most wonderful person in all the world. I will? Mm Mm-hmm. And this man will have the same interests that you do? Do you mean he'll like bullfrogs and tadpoles? <laughs> Kathy.
4: Yes, Mother.
1: I think we can postpone our little discussion until a later date. Say, uh, about 1960. Oh, Margaret. Look. Jim, the clock. It's all in one piece.
2: Yes, it's all fixed. this time it's right. Yes, kitten.
3: Daddy, Mommy says that when I'm Betty's age, I might fall in love or have a crush on a fellow.
2: I hope not.
1: Jim, let's not be bitter.
2: Believe me, Margaret, I couldn't go through this again.
1: Well, it's going to happen to Kathy, so you might as well accept it.
2: Well, maybe when Kathy's Betty's age, there'll be a vaccine we can give her to prevent it.
1: (laughs) Now, Jim... Have you seen Betty recently? I saw her just before she went up to her room. What a sight.
2: She walks around listlessly, mouth open, eyes drooping. She looks like the ad, don't let this happen to you.
1: (laughs) I just hope she comes out of it.
2: She'd better come out of it. If she doesn't keep that date with Ralph like she promised, there's going to be some fireworks around here.
1: Want me to get the hairbrush, Daddy?
5: I'll get it. Hello? It's for you, Bette.
3: Is it Ronnie, bud?
5: No, it's not the tonsil. It's Janie. I'll
3: be down in a second. Who was it, bud?
5: Janie. She probably wants to get all the dirt on what happened at lunch today. Yak, 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 yak.
3: I think I'll sneak in and listen.
1: Kathy, you be careful.
2: Bud, what time is it there by the clock on the stove? I want to set this clock here.
5: So you finally got it fixed.
2: I most certainly did. And I trust that my perseverance and stick to will prove an object lesson to the scorners around here. What time did you say it was? Four o'clock, straight up. All right. I'll set it for exactly <laughs> four o'clock. There. See that?
6: <laughs>
2: hmm. Bud, get me the screwdriver off the dining room table.
1: Jim, don't you dare take that clock apart again. But, Margaret... I'll settle for adding on a couple of bongs every time the clock strikes.
5: At midnight, it'll be 14 o'clock.
1: <laughs>
5: Maybe uh, I wound it a little more...
1: It isn't ticking, Jim.
2: All right, you win. I'll take it over to the jeweler's Monday on my way to work.
3: Daddy, guess what? Betty is going to Cincinnati.
2: Now, kitten, you're making that up.
3: No, really. I just heard her tell Janie on the phone she's going next Saturday. It's something about Ronnie.
2: Margaret, I detest eavesdropping, but this should be very enlightening. Very enlightening. You kids stay here. Be quiet now.
3: Yes, Oh, you're right, Janie No
1: No, of course Uh Uh-huh Uh-huh No, no Very enlightening, eh, Jim? Quiet,
3: Margaret Well, you see, Janie, my plans are to... Listen now, Margaret Uh Uh-huh Of course Yes Yes No
2: I wish that Janie would shut up for a minute
3: (laughs) No, I haven't told the folks yet I want to break it to them gently. Father? Oh, he'll hit the ceiling and probably stay there for three or four days. <laughs> yes, it's so hard to make him understand. Of course, when you get up in years like that.
2: Margaret, I'm going to.
3: Jim, just a minute. All right, Janie, keep your fingers crossed for me. Bye.
2: Margaret, walk in as if nothing is wrong. Uh, hi, Beth.
3: Oh, hello, Father.
2: What's uh, new?
3: Nothing. Excuse me, I have to be getting up to my room.
2: What, uh, do you hear from Cincinnati?
1: Father, you mean you overheard my conversation?
2: Yes, I was up on the ceiling listening in.
1: <laughs> Betty, what is this Cincinnati business? Please, I have to get up to my room.
2: You stay right here, young lady. We're going to get this straightened out once and for all.
3: You won't get angry.
2: There'll be no guarantee.
3: Well, next Saturday, Ronnie's opening at the Capitol Theater in Cincinnati.
2: And you're planning on being
3: there? Yes, I thought I'd buzz back.
2: You'll be buzzing, young lady, but it won't be to Cincinnati.
3: Oh, but I must. Ronnie's counting on me. He gave me a ticket to the theater, and my presence will mean so much to his performance.
2: You aren't going, and that's final.
3: But, Father... The discussion is over. I'm sorry, Father, but... Well, I'm going if I have to run away to do it.
1: (sighs) Well...
2: Margaret, this situation has to be met head-on.
1: Head-on? Seems like we've already had quite a collision.
2: Where did Betty say this Ronnie was staying?
1: At the Olympic Hotel. But, Jim, you wouldn't.
2: I wouldn't? Nobody's going to leave my daughter on like this.
1: But, Jim, he's a celebrity. I doubt if you could get in to see him. I'll
2: get in to see him. Don't worry.
1: Where's my hat? Over there on the table. But, Jim, please don't lose your head. Relax,
2: Margaret. I know what I'm doing. I'll see you in a little while.
1: Jim, you can't go downtown in your bedroom slippers.
2: Oh, well, where are my shoes?
1: Under the chair there.
2: Yeah, I got them. I'm going to set this pipsqueak right if it's the last thing I do.
1: But, Jim, I don't like it when you get all steamed up like this and go off on a tangent. Margaret,
2: don't worry about me. I tell you, I know what I'm doing. See you later.
1: Oh, um, Jim. Yes? You've got your shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> <laughs> He actually went down to the hotel? Yes, he's been gone for some time
3: now. Oh, this is humiliating. I suppose he went down to try and break up our romance. Yes,
1: and the way he stormed out of here, I hope that's all he breaks up.
3: Well, I have no fears. Anything that Father says will have no effect on Ronnie and me. Our bond is too strong.
1: Betty, I only wish Please, Mother, bet. Sorry. Bet, I only wish that you would understand that... Wait a minute. What, Mother? Your father's coming up the walk, and he has someone with him. Oh, Mother, I'm afraid. Stay here, Betty. It's better to face it now. Step right in. Margaret,
2: Bet, I'd uh, like you to meet someone. This is Gladys Kelso.
1: Hi, Bet.
3: Gladys Kelso? You mean you're Ronnie Kelso's wife? No, I'm afraid not. Oh, thank goodness. I'm his daughter. <laughs> daughter?
4: Uh... That's right, and he'd kill me if he knew I sneaked out of the hotel room. But Ronnie seemed like... Is he old enough to have a daughter my age? Is he old enough? You should see him when he gets out of bed in the morning. Oh, brother, you think women have beauty aids. He practically retreads his face. Please, I don't want to hear any more. Now, don't think I'm being disrespectful. Pop's really a grand guy. The only time he gets mad at me is when I make him take his vitamin pills. All right, so he is a little older than I am. A little? Wait till I tell you what happened in Seattle A bunch of teenage gals were gathered on the sidewalk And they wouldn't go away until Dad threw down a lock of his hair That's when he got burned up at me
2: What happened, Gladys?
4: I threw down his whole toupee (laughs) I'm not amused in the least Oh, don't take it so hard, kid So he did hold your hand at lunch Well, then you heard about it? Sis, he's held girls' hands from here to Albuquerque it's all a part of the game. Well, what about the theater ticket? Oh, for the opening in Cincinnati? Hundreds of girls got tickets. That way we're sure of a smash opening. Remember, kid, a crooner is only as good as the squeals he gets. <laughs>
3: I'll see who it is.
1: It's Ralph, Bet.
3: I don't want to see Ralph. I don't want to see anybody. Now,
2: just a minute. Betty, you promised Ralph you... Say.
4: That Ralph looks like a real dreamboat. Betty, come back here. See, I was just thinking, I'm going to be stuck in town tonight, Betty. And if you don't want Ralph... I would you say?
6: Why,
2: yes, Gladys. I think Betty would be glad to introduce you to Ralph. I'll
3: be right out, Ralph. Just a minute. Don't go away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, going to keep your date, Bet?
3: From now on, it isn't Bet. It's Betty, plain and simple.
2: Yes, and at times, how simple can you get?
1: (laughs) For goodness sake, eat post brand flake.
7: You know, that little melody reminds me that life is swell when you keep well. And I hope it makes you think of the new Post 40% brand Flakes, because as it says, they're good and so good for you. I mean that because something wonderful has happened to brand. The new Post 40% brand Flakes have a delicious new flavor, a magic oven flavor that many people like better than any other cereal. Yet, they still give you the important keep-regular benefits that only a brand cereal can offer. So, tomorrow or Saturday, when you go shopping, take home new post-40% brand flakes, America's largest-selling brand flakes. They're so good, and so good for you.
2: later in the evening at the White Frame House on Maple Street. And at the moment, it appears that a state of normalcy is set in. Betty is out on her date with Ralph, Bud is at the show, and Margaret and Jim are relaxing in the front room. The only thing to upset the calm is Kathy, who is trying to amuse herself with her toy airplane. Like this.
3: Daddy, watch this three-point landing.
2: <sighs> Kathy, be careful with that airplane in here.
1: <laughs> oh, Jim, these are precious. What are you looking at? I was just thumbing through this old album. (laughs) Look at these pictures, would you?
2: Let's see. (laughs) Say they are a riot. (laughs) Who's this fella here with his mouth open and his eyes drooping in an expression like a dying calf?
1: That's a picture of you on the day you met me.
3: Here she goes again. Watch her take
2: off. Kathy, I told you not to fly that airplane in here. Wee! Let her go! Kathy, that plane will crash into something as sure as. See there, it hit the clock. Kathy, if I've told you once, I've told
1: you. Jim, listen.
2: Well, what do you know? It's running! and we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson. Until then, good night and good luck from the makers of Post 40% Brand Flakes, America's largest selling brand flakes, and Instant Postum, the drink that's entirely caffeine-free. In our cast were Ted Donaldson as Bud, Gene Vanderpile, Rhoda Williams, Helen Strom, and Mary Lee Robb. It comes in a red, white, and blue box. What is it? Hot! Post Wheat Meal. It has the picture of Roy Rogers on the package. What is it? Hot Post Wheat Meal. It's packed full of whole wheat nourishment. What is it? Hot Post Wheat Meal. It has a rich, delicious, nut-like flavor. What is it? Hot Post Wheat Meal. Cooks in just three minutes. Another member of the famous Post family. What is it? Hot Post Wheat Meal. It's the best hot cereal you ever ate. Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Paul West and Dick Conway. This is Bill Foreman speaking. Tonight, play Truth or Consequences on NBC.
0: Thanks for joining us at 1001 Radio Days your home for the best of golden age radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers.